Blog Talk Radio. Radio show. I'm your host, Mr. G.R. Hardin, and thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we have a wonderful show scheduled for you this uh, afternoon, and one a show that I've been um, um, uh, really putting together for you uh, because of uh, really the, the, the uh, importance of what's really been happening in the last um, uh, several months um, of this near ending year of 2018 and, and um as a people as a people of color uh it seems like we have not uh made any progress uh although it may seem that we have done uh have made some great strides uh one thing we have not done yet we have not come together as a people um and i tell you we are really looking for some serious times a lot of, of the uh Economic experts that have said it, uh, they have gone on record to say it. it, it it's been in every news publication from uh, um, Bloomberg and, and so forth, and, and, and yet uh, black folks are still uh, all over social media uh, talking about money, uh, trying to promote their businesses in, in, in some form of fashion, and, and, and everybody is doing what, what I call individualism. Nobody's working together. Everybody just getting theirs and and believing that uh, you know well, I'm gonna be fine, you know, because you know I and I, I make six figures. I'm gonna be all right, you know, and and so on and so forth. But it, it, it's much deeper than that. It's much cynical than that, and, and it's much deadlier than that. And, and and my concern is black folks really don't they they don't get it. You know, black folks really don't get it. You know, this thing is is diabolical. And it's strategic. And it's always a 30-year plan or so, and black folks have no clue. Because they're seeing th- this illusion of inclusion, and therefore they're believing that there's, there is uh, much success going on uh, within, the, uh, within the black community, and, and neither, uh, is, neither is, uh, is truthful. So tonight we're going to be talking about black folks invest in everything from stocks to black-owned businesses except their own community. And that's a problem. That's a major problem. Folks love to talk about Greenwood, you know, uh, or, or, and they say uh, Tulsa, but it's actually Greenwood um, in, in, um, in Oklahoma. It was Greenwood where this thing happened just outside of Tulsa, but nevertheless they call it Tulsa or Black Wall Street. Where 
there were multiple millionaires at that time. You're talking about 50, 50 years after slavery. In that town of Greenwood, there were, there, were, there, were, there were between 10 or more millionaires living in that town. And they didn't do it through stocks. They didn't do it through, you know, because they were the stock. <laughs> Did you forget? The slaves were the stocks. That was the first Wall Street. So they didn't do it through the, through the stocks. Didn't do it through investments. Didn't do it through education. Didn't do it through jobs. Didn't do it through home ownership. All they had was each other. They had family. And they had community. But most of all, that black dollar stayed in that community. Never went outside the community. <laughs> so it, it, it continued to circulate. You, you, you can say a hundred times over because that, that, that's virtually what it was. My point to say all that is this. People love to brag about what, you know, they had in Tulsa at sports. You know, they had hospitals and, 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 and uh, beauty salons, and they had uh, um, carpentry. They had seamstress. Uh, you know, everything you can think, groceries. They had everything you can think of, a show, shoemaker. Because during slavery, we were, we, we were <laughs> the workers. We did everything. They built homes, they built banks, and, 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 and they built glass. You know, They had everything you can think of in, in, in that town. So everybody had to go to everybody to get things. What's so beautiful about it is back then, I can guarantee you half those people didn't have no money. But they had skills. They had something to offer. And that was value. They had value. That was more than enough. That was more than enough. And, and later on, I'm, I'm going to play this quick insert from this sister talking about when she was on a vacation in, in, in Jamaica with her husband, it, she noticed that black folk didn't even speak to one another, just to other white folks. And, and of course, the people who were, who were selling them stuff in Jamaica, but nevertheless, black folk walked by each other like they were strangers. And she thought, and she thought that was the most craziest thing she ever saw in our life. And Black Wall Street, what I'm trying to tell you, they were producers. <laughs> they produced. All these things I just mentioned, what, what they were, they produced. So, so, so even, even white folk would come and buy stuff from them. Because who, who, who were the best builders? Black folks. Ex-slaves. The citizens of ex-slaves. So if, if you wanted a home built, if you wanted some shoes or, 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 or what have you, if you wanted a, a glass made or you wanted some horseshoes for your horse, you wanted a carriage, a buggy built, who the hell do you think you went to? You wanted, because they were graven steel. You wanted, a, a, you know, the tools to take care of your, you know, because they also had farming too. You wanted tools to, to, to take care of your field. They had it. They were producers. They weren't damn consumers. Shout out to my brother, Delzino Barreno, him and his wife, Deborah, 
they are, they are the uh, founders of the of the Buy Black Network, wonderful uh, uh, organization where you can become a a a producer. You can join for free, but if you have a product or anything that you want to sell, you can join their website and become a producer. And and he has a multitude of things from washing powder, you, you name it, a plethora of health benefits, lotions, ladies, everything you can think of that that people need. Because I use them, and this is all product from black-owned businesses, clothing, everything you think, shoes, what have you, from black-owned, even travel agents. Want to get your credit straight? Check them out. The black, the Buy Black Network. So shout out to that brother uh, Deborah and and and, and uh, Del Zeno man for, for for really creating such a wonderful platform that um, you can go on there man and and and, and while you sleep and you making money. But this thing is international. Folks are just buying black, keeping that dollar in the community like they did back in Greenwood. And they were producers, people. Again, they, they were producers. But now, fast forward, here we are. We, we didn't get educated. And now we won't, we won't do what the world do. We want to live like white folks and live near white folks. We, we're doing this follow the leader thing. And yet God made us the original people. And, 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 and they're the carbon copy. And our black ass and flipped the script. And we didn't, we didn't, we didn't become... The damn uh, carbon copy. We are a money-driven people who believe that that the the only success you can have uh, in this world is by obtaining things. I see folks on social media all the time bragging about they got, you know, they 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 got they got stocks, they got this, they got that, they got they they got a new home, they 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 got a new car, and all these things. And, And and yet, Negro, you still own one half. Of the wealth worldwide, that's the same amount that we, that we owned back in 1919, as Dr. Claude Anderson tells us all the time. In other words, we ain't moved one foot iota, and we still study. And when I keep telling black folk, they own Facebook and Instagram, bragging about what they got and how many stock. Oh my God, I just made a thousand dollars last night. This is individualism, because if you notice from the average person, average Joe, so to speak, to Kanye, to Carmen or whoever, ain't nobody built one damn thing. You got to ask yourself, something's mighty wrong when you ain't, and damn Umar, I'm not talking about Umar. Because anybody who who has wealth, and the majority of folk got 35 times more money than Umar, Ain't built shit. And I don't want to hear about no LeBron James school, uh, 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 I dream, I promise, whatever, and, and P. did is over the third third charter school. These are still government-funded schools, man. And they're still learning the lie about history. They're learning, they're learning their math and not the original math. So don't pat yourself on the back 
when, when, when you, 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 you got a, a government funded, you got a, a, a government school that you putting some money behind, but it's not your damn curriculum. And then the teachers don't even look like the damn students. LeBron James got that school, and they and, and eighty I've seen it. Eighty five percent of his teachers are, are, are white women. I think I, I think one one or two black women are Hispanic, and, and, and I think uh, two white males. Are you kidding me? You go through all that trouble to, 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 to brag about. Yeah, I got the school for the kids. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, because where those kids are growing at is awful. And and offer them a free ride education. That's a wonderful thing. But like Dr. Amos Wilson tells us all the time, what group of people are going to educate you to be better or equal to them? And if you believe this, you, you got to be out of your mind. And you got to be backwards. You can teach the same, according to Dr. Amos Wilson, you can be teaching the same child, a black child, a white, a white kid in the same classroom. You can be teach, teaching them, you can be educating them at the same time in two different ways. And I and you the way you know he ain't lying, if anybody black, you've been in you've been in classrooms like I have, he ain't lying. You can feel it when they teach it. You can feel it when they respond to you. I'm gonna take this quick commercial break, man. And when I come back, I'm gonna dive into this thing about the black community and and and, and how you know we, we're making all this progress with this individualism money, but still we, we are we are a fourth class citizen. <laughs> no, we're not second class. We are a fourth class citizen. Be back in just a moment. I am a friend from Mayor of Washington, D.C. in 2010. And I found that Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, the majority African-American city, had the second highest poverty rate in America. Almost 40% of every African-American citizen in that city was living in poverty. So you look at those statistics and you say, what in the world is going on here? Lack of economic opportunity. We're where we are today because we have the entrepreneurial spirit has been taken away from us. You talk about economic um, development, um, business opportunities, uh, business growth, small business development. All of those things the African American community still does not see the full fruition. Our education in America has not provided or prepared us to be able to compete with Europeans economically. So we should not be surprised that we're so economically backward because we were never taught how to be economically forward. Racism was an economic issue. It's always been an economic issue. It's not a social issue. It's not a political issue. It's an economic issue. I'm Madam C.J. Walker's great-great-granddaughter. I grew up in the hair care business with both parents working in hair care. Capitalism is learning how to own and control the land, resources, and businesses and use other people's labor to enrich yourself. It's terrible for the Negro Leagues. Integration is terrible for the Negro Leagues. It's about ownership of assets. And that's where real wealth is created. And that's where real power is created. And it's not social integration, not civil rights, that determines your opportunities, your equal opportunities, or your competitiveness. 
is what you own and control in terms of Bible resources. That's what determines what you're going to get in this world. We are being faced with economic annihilation, which is why if we don't come together and unify as a people, it's only a matter of time before there might not be too many African Americans left but in this country. The fight today is not
that can represent you and your interests. That's the kind of unity they're going to respect. They don't, they don't respect the fact that black folks are making money individually for themselves. Because all you're going to do is buy Prada, Gucci, and, and, and whatever else, buy foreign cars. Like two chain buildings saying this car falling cars living in white neighborhoods, like two chain does. And for the men, get you a white or a white or a, a, a Hispanic woman. You living that life. And and to me, this is why you have no, you get you you get no respect of value. You don't carry yourself as a tribe of people or, 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 or godly people who, who deserve respect and honor. You, you carry yourself individually. And, and and that's insane, man. That's insane. So here we are. Black people are winning, or so it seems. In the last few years, we've seen black-owned businesses uh, they grow roughly from 1,300 and, uh, back in 2007, 2009. We had about 1,300 plus uh, black black-owned businesses, and now in 2018 we have uh, nearly uh, over 2,000 uh, black-owned businesses. And it seems like we are finally hitting our stride. Yet still, as a people, we virtually own and control nothing. And Dr. Carl Anderson, who's been our finan- financial guru for over 40 years, have been trying to explain this. this to this to a stiff necked people how this game of monopoly works. Yet for far too many African Americans, they are stuck in the consumer mode and never in the producing mode. And so that's what we're going to discuss here on the show today about being um the borrower and not I mean the the, the uh the lender and not the borrower. You got $1.3 trillion, and they say that means that we, we could be the ninth, uh, the ninth uh, in this entire world, black folks have enough wealth to be the ninth, the ninth richest country. That's so amazing on, on what we spend. And yet, as, as we know, nearly 80 to 90% of that money goes right back into uh, whites, Asians, uh, Middle Easterns, and, and, and Indians. That money go. That money take care of them, their families back home, and then some. And they live in that life, because with, with all these people, all these nationalized, what I just described, they, they understand. Before they get to America, they already sick. They gonna get somebody gonna give them the money. This is what I'm saying. Black folks don't 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 do nothing unless it's something in it for them. They gonna give the and, and, and most times these ain't no, these ain't family members. This just somebody. This just somebody who 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 is of your nationality. You give you loan them the fifty grand to get that convenience store. In the hood. That's going to bring in one point two billion dollars. You pay back the fifty damn thousand dollars. Throw them a little extra twenty thousand on top, and keep it moving. That's what they do. Our black ass. Man, I ain't about to give that nigga that kind of money, man. Man, please. Nah, man. I don't know that nigga like that's the first thing we do. That's that slave mentality. You was taught to be to, to, to be as ignorant as hell. 
You can't trust Leroy now. No, sir. He's a thief. He's a nigger. Yeah. Don't trust him now. No, sir. Leroy, your brother. <laughs> I mean, your biological brother. And and, and that's what that the slave master taught you. To dislike yourself and dislike your people. And you brought that shit from, from the 1492, from the time the first slave ship landed, to 2018. Have you no damn shame? I'll play this insert from Dr. Claude Anderson, man. And he's talking about value. Black folks don't have no damn value at, uh, in the first uh, wave of that speech. And then he talks about the downfall and how and how we fail. Dear brother, Dr. Claude Anderson, and um, talking with um, our dear brother, Boyce Watkins, about our fallen nation. You know, this, this is on page nine of your book. And you said that the, uh, you asked him, what's wrong with the black community? What's wrong with blacks? Why can't they act like other racial or ethnic groups in America? Uh, talk shows uh, seek to answer the question from leading black personalities who, when asked about the problems of black America, they mouth well-worn platitudes. Perhaps they are fearful of raising the ire of mainstream America or perhaps being simply naive. Nevertheless, the solutions these blacks urge address only the symptoms afflicting black America, not the causes. Uh, and you go deeper, and I'm going to read this, and I'd like to get your take on this passage, maybe some more insights into it. He said, the root of the problem within black America is not teenage pregnancy, drugs, the decline in family values, anger, rap music, unemployment, or even the epidemic of violent crime. These are only symptoms of the deeper problem. What, what, what did you mean when you wrote that, Dr. Anderson? <laughs> you know, it's quite ironic that you would uh, raise that this morning because in the uh, Washington Post this morning, it was an extensive article written by, I can tell whether it was written by a black woman or, or, a, or a non-black woman. <clears throat> but, what she, but what she was saying in her article was that the primary reason uh, that black folk have not been elevated to the proper status is a lack of respect, probably lack, total lack of respect, and had blacks been given respect, then we wouldn't have any problems anymore. And that's one of the most naive, but expressions I've heard in my life, because that lack of respect. Because in a society that's based, where human worth is based on value, on net worth, what you're worth, nobody will respect anybody, Dr. Watkins, that has no value. You cannot, you cannot go 460 years to indoctrinate the entire broader society and all the various classes in our society into believing that black folk have no value and no net worth. You don't value, you don't respect garbage. You know why you don't respect garbage and trash? Because it has no value. And if you can figure out a way to bring value trash in the garbage, then, then you get respect for it. The often that kind of an explanation is, Lewis, is, is, is just ludicrous. And so what you're saying now, and in, in it's just read, where black folk keep, keep focusing on ceremonial, insignificant issues and saying that that is the problem of black folk. Those are symptomatic conditions around black folks. The cardinal rule uh, for, for trying to reverse what has happened to black folks is to go in and look at what how, how they got into that circumstances. And that is that there's a systematic order set up in our society on a social construct that used black folks for, for, as a vehicle for empowering in and everybody in society and, and, and using black labor to do it and also using black labor to provide comfort and wealth for the white society. And that was the purpose of slavery. If you never corrected that, why would you focus on those symptomatic issues? 
Why don't you spend all your time talking about things that are not, not the core problem? And that's and that's that's what that that that, that writing that you just read was about. It's saying that black folks love to be ceremonious. They love to go out and celebrate something that has nothing in the world to do with correcting why they were on the bottom. They've not moved in since eighteen sixty, still on the bottom. They still only control one half of one percent of anything of value. They have no value. If you're given thirteen percent of the population presently, and back in eighteen in seventeen fifty you almost in the 1750s, you owned no one half of one percent. You're in 1860, less than one half of one percent. And in 2018, you still have and only control one half of one percent. You have no value. That's your problem. You have no value. Nobody will respect anybody that has no value. You don't have any value in that network. Nobody's going to look down and value you. Mm. So what you're kind of saying is that a lot of times we get distracted, you know, from the core issue. Like we, we kind of think. It's about people liking us. Uh, as the lady talked about respectability, you know, there was, I guess they call that respectability politics and all that. So you're, you're saying that we get caught up in whether or not people like us or celebrate us or give us symbolism, or really it's deeper than that. It's, it's about the distribution of the resources and things like that. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> yes. yes. See, the whole, the whole system, especially uh, since the uh, Civil War and up to the Civil Rights Movement, they all they gave black folks something that had nothing in the world to do with their basic root problem. Giving black folks what I call uh, uh, integration, and which is social acceptance. How in the world is that really all the, the, the 460 years of having nothing and, re, and only controlling nothing? So what integration did was make you a guest, G-U-E-S-T, guest and other people only control. Why would you respect anybody when they are guests? coming into your neighborhood, your school, your businesses, your restaurants, your hotels, your movie theaters, and, 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 and after two or three days you can put them out. They don't only control anything. And only invest, and you know you, all your civil rights organizations, your elected officials, they're strictly symbolic. The black, the black overclass, the black overclass has no direct connection between the black overclass and a little bit of wealth and connection to the black community. The black elected officials, they don't speak up and represent black folks. And so that's why right now most of the Republicans I know and most of the politicians I know in this country, in all my years at national and international politics, and I can say this very straightforwardly, there has never, never, never been any respect for black elected officials in this country. Never been any respect. You know why? Because black people that get elected office, they don't try to represent their people. They don't place their interests, their black interests before their other interests. They love to engage in what I call, what you call, symbolic issues. They get caught in horizontal issues based on religion, classism, uh, gender issues, and uh, political issues. That Those things are at cross-purpose. Racism is vertical from going from the highest to the lowest. If you get caught in engaging in issues that are horizontal, you're at cross-purpose with your own interests. You have no value. Politicians have never redistributed any resources to black folks', black folks hands. The civil rights organizations, they focus on symbolic issues. What bridge they got that they didn't cross in front of. They took a butt whip and went time with marching. Or somebody shot or lynched them. That what they got to do with correcting the purposes of slavery, which is a maldistribution distribution of 100% of all this nation's land, resources, rights, privileges, money, income, businesses, and controls of all levels of government to the hands of the dominant white side. If you haven't touched it, everything else is symbolic and it's ceremonial and has no purpose and it's wheel spinning and non frictional, but never got black folks. All right. So amazing, man. Again, uh, that's our dear brother, uh, Dr. Claude Anderson. 
really dropping some gems, man, on, on, you know, because it, it's an election year. And, and, you know, folks are fired up and they're thinking that, that this person's going to help us out and, and this person's going to help us out. And, and, and man, I'm telling you, uh, 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 we, we in for a real damn awakening. <laughs> you know, because whether a black person is in there or not, they're not in there for us. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 it might be cute. Oh, yeah, the first black female governor in Georgia. That's wonderful. But the people who put the money in Stacey Abrams' pocket were white people. Were wealthy white people who put the money in their pocket. You think she's going to turn around now and, and, and do stuff for black folks? Come on, man. And again, I, I'm not knocking people's, you know, uh, 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 think about voting and, and, and this and that. Do your thing. But understand, like Dr. Claude was trying to explain to you, man. This thing, this this thing is about redistribution. Not about civil rights, not about equality. All these things we 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 we, we continue to talk about, and, and white folks are like, thank God they ain't talking about reparations. Now just imagine if if you had all forty five million black folks talking about reparations on code at the same time, and then taking that thing to to to, to the UN, United Nations. And beating that thing in it, because one thing white folks do know, they owe they owe big time because they took a, a fucking free world people, kidnapped them, and took them to a foreign land, and then made them work for them. You on a land that they didn't even fucking own, and then built the military and a police force to enforce laws that were illegal in the first damn place. Now, if that ain't if that ain't enough for folk to be locked up and fined, I don't know what it is. And that's part of what he's saying. You got to go get your shit. I'm going to give you the short version of it. Pardon my French. You worry about equality, living near them, eat with them, and, and kumbaya. And, and, and God gave you that thought and the stewardship of this, of this earth. And you'll see last time I went, we can share. The Jews ain't share. And they swooped up behind your ass because they said, damn, they don't fight or nothing. Shouldn't me. If you don't want the ball, I'll take it. That's why they're running around now. I'm going to end with this sister. And shout out to my, my girl, Michi X, and um, Vicky, our sister Vicky Dillard on Fly Nubian Queen uh, Network. Uh, you can go to flynubianqueen.com. And they got a bunch of sisters on there, man, that, that, that are, they do shows uh, uh, nightly, uh, Monday through Friday, man. And, and just, just, just go to Fly Nubian Queen, man, and, and check them out. Um, he's one of his sisters, man, are, are really bringing that heat, bringing that fire. And this one sister um, did a show a few days ago, and she was talking about how black folks, um, we don't talk anymore. And again, Bible talk about lovers, lovers of themselves. People on Facebook bragging about the money they made, bragging about the sparks that it's made. Lovers of themselves. Ain't nobody building shit. Ain't, ain't, ain't nobody uh, 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 creating nothing. 
and 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 how am I being a boss when you when all you do is you own a home that's on a fake piece of paper? You really don't own the damn home and a freaking uh, a Maserati, a nice car. Are you fucking kidding me? You you think your life is based on a, a home ownership status and a car? Then you really have no value. These folks have out here killing folks, gunning people down, and sitting there and get when they get arrested, they don't get they don't even get touched. Take their mugshot, they smoke it. That's freedom. Your black ass try to sell a Lucy cigarette, they gun your ass down. I try to sell some CDs, they gun your ass down. Or this man in your damn business. Gun in your ass. I thought he had a weapon. I feel for my life. They don't value us at all. So how dare you walk around like you don't even know your own brother and sister? And then they ain't going to never, yeah, they ain't going to never stop killing you. Because they know you don't even respect your damn self. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. Hope y'all was inspired by that. I'm going to play this insert real quick by this wonderful sister, man, and leave y'all with this thought that she went on a trip and she realized how black folk uh, don't really talk to each other.
take care of my man if I have one, or if I'm if I'm not if I don't have one, I don't bash men or this and other. I also was taught to always leave a relationship before I do like tear down a person. Period. You know, whether it's a friend or a man or whatever. You know, female, whatever. I just always back off the relationship. You can always tell when things are getting bad. It's a friendship, business relationship, personal relationship, whatever. But as black women, be careful about using that strong black woman term, that uh, feminist term. All those terms that really ain't for us because we already are separated as a family and already get destroyed as black. Like the, the propaganda that I see today in the media. Okay. I Y'all, I'm trying to say, we got to stay on top of it. Now, y'all, just, we got to stay on top of that. Why we not? Again, I, I just want to say that quick little insert uh, from you guys, man. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm gonna leave you with some more Dr. Claude Anderson, man, because he he's just dropping them gems on us, man, and 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 this is so vital uh, that we understand and understand that if, if we don't come together, man, as a people, and 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 shut down all this individual bragging and, and and worrying about our damn brand and whatnot, and, and think we're gonna close our eyes tight and this shit gonna go away, hey, man, <laughs> we got hell we, we got hell coming our way pretty soon. And as we always say in parting, to love yourself is to know yourself, and to know yourself comes by spending time with God. We love you, thank you, peace, and God bless, man. Uh, everybody who's watching, I'm speaking with Dr. Claude Anderson, author of the books Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, and the Black History Reader. Uh, if you actually want to get a copy of any of his books for your children or anything like that, you can actually go to blacklabor.whitewealth.com. That's blacklabor.whitewealth.com. Also, um, Dr. Claude Anderson runs the Harvest Institute. The Harvest Institute is one of the leading black think tanks in this world, uh, they can use your support because they've been filing lawsuits on behalf of black folks engaging in the real fights, not the symbolic fights, not the nonsense fights, but the real fights. Uh, and these legal bills are very, very high. It's very, very expensive. But and he's been fighting this by himself. Please, please, please consider supporting, helping out. Uh, go, to, uh, go to harvestinstitute.org. That's harvestinstitute.org. And please consider making a donation. That would really mean a whole lot to the cause. The money's going right back to your community. Uh, also, if you're on social media anywhere, Facebook, uh, you, uh, please give likes and shares and comments so the algorithm will pick up the conversation. Instagram, same thing. Uh, on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button and the subscribe button before you go. Make sure you thumb, thumbs up, subscribe, hit the like button. Now, Dr. Anderson, what I want to do is I want to read uh, a little bit. <laughs> please. If, if, if I was Dr. Watkins and went in business school and I would ask my kids to to take out a legal pad and drive forward in half. And so on one side, put down what black folk had before social integration, and on the other side, that piece of paper, write down what they got out of social integration. And and, and, we, and so we determine what's symbolic and what's possible, what is the root cause. Now, so on what side would, would, would your people write? If I were to identify, write down in sequence what black folk acquired from social, from social integration. Could you tell me what would be on that side? What, is, what would they identify as what their gains were? In, in uh, other words, I, well, I guess, you know, the rights to live in certain neighborhoods, to uh, shop at certain, you know, certain stores, um, to maybe to get certain jobs. They're being guests in somebody else's neighborhood. Yeah. If everybody else got communities, then you're going to be a guest in their, in their community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think, I think that it's like, um, you know, what we got offered might have felt good at the time, but it's not stable for us, you know, and, and I think we always are wondering, 
you know, if we supposedly have advanced so much, why do all the statistics show that we are not doing better? You know, uh, you know, for example, growing up, you know, the big dream for black people was go to college, become a college graduate, go 